where do we want to begin? <laughs> it's a good question. I think that was what I was probably thinking about the most. Um, is what? How do we start this? Well, we can. Because I have, I have a lot I can say, a lot of things that I want to say, and yeah, I don't know where where we're going. So I might just keep some stuff to myself <laughs> because we well, might not. Let it all out, man. You know. Oh man, I don't know if you want me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want me to do that. But at the same time, I don't know where we're going, so I don't know how to even get it started. That's the problem: is how do we start this, and how do I and how do I do this without like saying names and pissing people off? <laughs> I don't want to piss off my friends. I don't want to piss off friends of friends. I don't. I don't want to do that. But I have so much. I don't want to call it anger because it's not anger. I'm not. I'm. You know what? I should probably start out like that for me. For me, I should say, I'm at peace with this whole thing. I'm really at peace. I know that sounds weird after like after just me scratching my head and everything, but I really am because I have gone through life saying these things and no one really listening. Or they'll listen, they say, Well that that was really good. But they pretty much isolate it where like it's me. It's nobody else, it's just me saying it. There you really identify something good there, but it's still just you and or Derek you know I think you're being a little little you're exaggerating a little bit like you're being a little bit of a radical in the things that you're saying but I think you're right on a lot of a lot of aspects but you might be a little too far in this one I'm always a little too far when I talk about race when I talk about race I'm always just a little bit too far it's like you should be a little bit more quiet you know you don't want to piss people off and I'm I'm literally trying my best right now not to go off about certain things in my life, but I gotta call a spade a spade. There are people right now who I know that are going full bore saying Black Lives Matter, who don't, who aren't doing it for the right reasons. They're doing it because it's popular right now. Things that I talked about a couple of years ago. I mean, Eric Gardner was saying, I can't breathe. Right. And when I brought that up back then, it wasn't a big deal. Suddenly, and now someone else says, I can't breathe. And because people have gotten so frustrated and are at the breaking point, and they have, and you have 41 million people out of work that are ready to rage against the machine. Now it's popular. And now the people are saying, let's be quiet for eight minutes and 46 seconds, and let's chant, I can't breathe. Let's need a prayer about things because I really care about these. No, you don't, you don't care. And, I, and, and that is what's really bothering me right now. Where I'm not, I'm not angry about white people who are ignorant, who are trying to learn or people who aren't trying to learn. I know who they are. I've been well aware of those people. But the ones that have been sitting on the bench the entire time when I'm telling them to please get in the game because you've got a big following and really help right now. Those people right now, they got their hands up and they're saying, yeah, let's do this. But two years ago, they weren't there. They said they wanted to be there, so we should talk about it. They never called me. And then they want to lead a, lead a prayer. They want to lead an entire protest of a <coughs> vigil. 
and they don't want to call me. They don't want to ask me. They will pretend they pretend like they have been behind it the entire time. And that is what's frustrating. And that's my petty side. This, this is me being petty because I'm taking it personal when there's other things that are much bigger than me that I should be really focusing on. But for some reason that really grinds my gears. And I just know that even though some people can't understand it and they won't understand it, I'll be vindicated in the future. This moment that's happening right now that has me feeling this, this sort of way, I know in the future that's gonna, it's just like, just like me saying that police brutality is out of control and no one wants to listen to you, that, that systemic racism is out of control, that I've been through a lot of things and people don't, don't even recognize it. Those people are now saying, Derek, you're right. I'm right about right now. And I know I'm going to have to wait yet again to be vindicated. So, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm not, I'm kind of beating around the bush and I'm not saying exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm sure people who are listening probably think, I don't know what he's talking about. But just know, you're here to hear first. In the future, when I talk about this and I give you names and I say exactly what's going on, you'll know then. But right now, I'm, I'm just frustrated because this didn't, George Floyd didn't have to die. He didn't. He didn't have to be dead right now. If we had just tried a little harder back then, we had just listened to black people just a couple of years ago, George Floyd would be alive right now. If we had just elected just a few more DAs, if we just put the fear, just put a little bit of fear in the cops, and to Derek Chauvin, if he had just gotten a little bit of fear in him, he wouldn't have killed George Floyd. But he's in a system that he knows he's protected. I've heard, I've heard about three or four different black people who have died over the last few days, murdered by cops. And what do I see on the on TV? I see the New York cops talking about how they are being how they are victims. I see how they're saying that, that their lives seem to are, are at stake, that, they're, that they are dying, that they're being persecuted and accosted, and that, that, they, that they have their life being thrown upside down. And they want to say, I'm proud to be a cop. It's like, there have been more black people who've been killed by police this past week than any cop has died. And cops aren't a, aren't a race. And yeah, I gotta listen to I gotta listen to this. I gotta sit there and be like, okay, yep. Over and over again, I've been saying this all week now. I'm a professional black man. I got black experience, and I gotta deal with a bunch of amateurs who have never taken one second. They never taken one second to, to talk about to talk to to look into systemic racism. They don't know what it is. They have no idea, and yet they, they, they want to have a debate with me? They want to talk to me about this? Are you kidding me? Like, you know how hurtful that is? Like, I gotta, I have, it's like Ken Griffey Jr. having to be pitched to by a little leaguer. Like, he's, like, why am I here? You don't really want to have a conversation with me. You just, you just want to, Say your five-second piece about your ignorance, and then you want to go back to doing what you're doing. 
Can we just go back to reality, please? Can we get rid of COVID-19? Can we just go back to work? Can we just not wear masks anymore? Can we just forget about black people again? That's literally what they're thinking. And I see it. And I know I'm not wrong. <sighs> Sorry for going off like that. <laughs> that, was, that was beautiful. Uh, oh my goodness. That was good podcast intro right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was the cold open, man. <laughs> you just, you just did it. Progressive Milford's podcast. We're here. We're here. That was my. That's my announcer voice. Um, so, there's been a lot that's happened since our last podcast in April. We yep. did take May off because, you know, uh, various things. We tried to record one, but we had some technical difficulties. But, you know, it's kind of good we waited because I think we got to take some time off and, and, you know, we've kind of moved into a new moment in uh, American history. The um, murder of George Floyd at the hands of four Minneapolis uh, police broadcast mm-hmm. for the whole world to see has touched off um, I'd say a new era, sort of, right. in, in the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, right. It's mainstreamed it quite a bit, and I think that, you know, we really need to discuss that, its implications of why we're here, um, where we see this movement going, and really how we can capitalize on the demands of people right now to secure um, political action for the future. That's right. So, uh, I mean, let's start off. I mean, this this isn't a new thing, right? Um, police brutality disproportionately against um, people of color has been going on since this country started. In <laughs> um, yep. You know the the Black Lives Matter movement in particular has has gone on since 2015. I'd say with with uh, Ferguson under Obama, Mike Brown. With, yep, Mike Brown. Um, Mike that, Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, 2012. 2012 was Trayvon Martin. 2015 was Mike Brown. Right. And the problem about Trayvon was it was a a, a citizen who decided that it was up to him to right. to uh, uh, confront Trayvon, who was just holding iced tea and a Skittles and heading to his dad's house and, and, and murdered him in cold blood and said that he feared for his life and he was standing his ground. Um, in 2015, with Mike Brown, <laughs> the, the, the biggest, I think, what a lot of people miss when it comes to Mike Brown it's not even the murder itself that was the worst part. It was the four 
hours that he laid in the hot sun without even a blanket over him. A dead body in the sun for four hours. That was what set off Ferguson. Because you wouldn't have treated a dog like that. Right. And that's what we talk about systemic racism is that they would never do that to someone white. Never. And they did that to a black child in Ferguson for over four hours. And here we are in 2020 and George Floyd, he gets his neck stepped on for over eight minutes. He cries out saying, I can't breathe. He talked about his mama and he dies. And meanwhile, that cop is just like, whatever. And then, and the worst part about it, what really sets people off, really sets me off, is that he wasn't arrested right away. That's the thing. These, like Breonna Taylor, who was shot through her house and killed. Uh, uh, Atiana uh, uh, was also shot through her, through her window with a dash cam. Neither of these people had any justice. Neither of them, the cops haven't even, have not even been fired in the case of Breonna Taylor. Yeah. They, haven't, they haven't been suspended. They haven't been fired. They did a no-knock warrant onto Breonna Taylor's home, which was a wrong home, and shot and killed her when she was sleeping. And there is no accountability. So when you go from Trayvon to Mike Brown to, to Atiana to Breonna and, and uh, Floyd, there, it, it wouldn't have happened if they were white, there would at least have been some kind of accountability. Right. So that is the straw that is breaking the camel's back because we've seen this story before and it's affecting every single black person in this country. We all see it. I got, I have a, I know of somebody who is black who was defending this system. And now they are starting to wipe their hands. They're starting to say, you know what? No, this is too much. You know what? No, this isn't, this isn't, you can't victim blame on this one. You can't, this is too many times now. It's not a coincidence anymore. Right. Exactly. It's just, it's just not, it's not something you can just say is a lone wolf, for instance. Right. We talk about lone wolves. Bad apple. Bad, no, I, I'm, I'm, when I say lone wolves, I'm, I mean lone wolves because I mean that any time it's a white person who shoots up something, we call them a lone wolf. Isolated incident. Right? We never attribute it to the entire race of white men. But when a black person dies, we blame them. We say, what did he do before he well, died? Something that always strikes me, you know, is these victims get put on trial themselves. Right. You know, oh, what about Mike Brown's criminal record? Or what about uh, George Floyd wasn't a great person? You, you know, right. And right. It's a, that's aside from the point. The point is that a police officer is not supposed to be judge, jury, and executioner. Um, and in these cases, they always are. Um, right. You know, the, the one craziest one for me, I'd say, is John Crawford. Right. Because uh, literally how 
you're buying a toy gun if you're a kid. At Walmart. At Walmart. You just yep. turn around and are shot. Somebody called the police. Right. Somebody inside that Walmart said, man, this guy's looking at a gun inside a Walmart, which is what every white guy wearing camo does. Yeah. And they called the cops on him. And the cops showed up and they murdered him right then and there. Right. I'm sorry. It's This type of stuff is traumatic for me. I don't like talking about it as much. I didn't tell you right now, I did not watch the George Floyd video because I had already watched that Maude Arbery video and it was just too fresh for me. I watched this guy, Sean, run and get killed running on Facebook Live just a few days before George Floyd's video came out. I saw Atiana die from a, da- from a, from a police camera. Like, this stuff is traumatic because every single time I see these black people die, I think that could have been me. That could have been my sister. My sister runs in Georgia. She lives northeast of or northwest of Atlanta. She's close to Stone Mountain. And if you know Stone Mountain, they have Confederate soldiers etched into the rock of Stone Mountain. They have... Ku Klux Klan rallies around Stone Mountain. She was living in Stone Mountain. She goes for runs all the time. And Nadja, you look good. Gotta tell you, you look good, Nadja. You do. You do. You, that, those run, that running's working out for you. But it's dangerous. I can't tell you how many times I've looked into construction sites. I mean, I just... So when... We talk about these things, and we look at and we look at Don Crawford. I'm like, I, I'm not gonna lie. I got I got a BB gun. I I love paintball. Like I have cartridges for, for my for, like for uh, uh, target practice. You telling me that when I went to Walmart to go buy to buy my little rifle that I could have been shot dead without having? I just don't like the confusion of it. Like, Brianna was confused. She didn't know what was happening when the cops busted in her house and shot, and shot her to death. She didn't know what was going on. John Crawford didn't know what was going on when police started showing up and started yelling at him and, and blew him away. Trayvon didn't know what was going on when he realized he was being followed. Like, George Floyd was sitting there like, you say it was a counterfeit $20 bill? A counterfeit $20 bill. The entire presidency right now is a counterfeit. <laughs> And yet we're gonna. And yet, he's still living, and we're we're we still have people on TV thinking, you know, was this a presidential moment? Meanwhile, George Floyd for twenty dollars is dead in an excruciating way. So. Um, what do you think about the whole defund the police thing? Um, so I don't know if you listen to Ben Dixon at all, like lately. I listen to him a lot. I don't, at this moment, I don't have that much time in the day to, to be as uh, involved into, in the news as I used to be. Like I'm, I grew up listening to like WBZ traffic on the threes you know like 
that's just how like we were in our like in my parents in the car like we were listening to the news constantly um like i was one of those kids who was like seven years old watching saturday night live like i've just been always into like listening and learning and just and and i like i like comedy and i like like the lessons that are taught in comedy and i say all that to say i haven't had enough time to really understand all of the aspects of defund the police. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is that like most things, it's not black and white. Some people are saying, if you defund the police, you mean you're getting rid of the police. No, that's not what it means. People say, oh, if we don't defund the police, then you're just giving them their, all their powers. Like there is a gray area there. Like every state, every municipality is trying something different right now. It's not all one. It's not. It's not all the the same thing. When some people say Medicare for all, you know, there's different plans in that. Medicare for all for those who want it, right? Like, it's not. It's some people have an idea of what they want for the Green New Deal, and there's different variations of that. Like, it's just an outline. When you talk about defunding the police, certain municipalities are saying, "We don't want police on our schools." Is that okay? We're saying we don't want we, we want to defund the police from having to be at every single detail at a construction site. Is that all right? So what, what do you think about it is, you know, about this most recent one that has, has really had a different reaction than everything before it? You know, um, like why now? Why now? Um, I think, honestly, kids who are my age and younger are tired of it. I think that's number one. I think that's right. the biggest one. Honestly, I think it's the biggest one that we're outspoken and we're gonna and we're saying our piece because we know that if we don't say our piece. Like Sandra Bland, Sandra Bland was she had her own YouTube channel. She had her own YouTube channel called Sandra Speaks. And in her YouTube channel, she was calling out systemic racism. And yet she still got pulled over for putting on her blinker, her turn signal, for less than 300 feet. She did it for like 200 feet. That was fine. She shouldn't have been pulled over in the first place. She ended up dead. And I think kids today are saying, you know what? I better speak up now before I get murdered. So I think that's number one. Number two, the system that is supposed to help us is failing us at a ridiculous level. Yes. We had to fight like hell in 2018 to save the ACA. There was nothing coming behind it. There was nothing that the Republicans were going to offer, but they were, re- they were willing to get rid of the ACA and get rid of pre-existing conditions and really screw us. That was number one. Number two, we watched and Occupy Wall Street as we bailed out banks and we didn't bail out people. We let them destroy their, their, uh, their homes by, being, by going default on their mortgages. And fast forward, we had the 2017 uh, uh, tax bill that gave away trillions of dollars to the rich. And then in 2020, we gave away trillions of dollars more during a pandemic. And we gave people 1200 bucks. It's, Have fun with that. 
It's interesting because if you really look at the way this most recent CARES Act is it's structured, um, is a New Deal type, uh, it really is to throw in the kitchen sink at the economy. You know, they're pulling out all the stops, but not for us. Right. Wall Street. You know, right. you're basically, you're the investor class, um, they're like a gambling addict at a casino. And, you know, when things go sour, their their i their first reaction is to take all their money and put it in safer investments right right but which is what collapses the economy but what the you know the feds decide to do is okay well what if we keep giving you chips we keep betting on that risky stuff and you know we've just given them an infinite amount of money to just spend wildly and and keep afloat but but you and I you and I you know small business owners who who are forced to shut down people at work people are screwed. Um, My wife is still getting rejected right now for the PPP. That's ridiculous. It's insane. Um, so no it's the story of, of so many people. So we're at double digit unemployment rate right now. Like you got 41, 41 million people out of work. You had. Um, you have Donald Trump bragging about his 13.8% unemployment rate or whatever it was. He was bragging about, he was bragging about his 8% black vote. Yeah, yeah, right. But it's, it's crazy. This is a, um, a recession, if not a depression. Right. You have that going on. You have everybody stuck inside, um, you know, for, for months upon end. And... Then on top of that, um, you know, this the general chaos of the Trump presidency. Um, you have all these things, I think, coalescing into a perfect storm. And then George Floyd happened. This video that, it, you know, in stark terms, it, it was the most uh, graphic look that people have gotten to see, had gotten to see um, police brutality um, since Rodney King. I mean, I don't yeah. think, you know, it's, it's eight minutes it's long. Unfor- it's, it's unfortunate that we say Rodney King because we watched Eric Garner die on TV. We did watch Eric Garner die on TV, but... I, I know, but for, but for the time, I guess in 1990, was it 92, when Rodney King was on video getting his ass kicked um, yeah, that was a turning point for people because they hadn't seen they hadn't seen it before. Right. But we have so desensitized ourselves since right. then that it took something as horrific as George Floyd to actually snap some people out of it. And it hasn't snapped everyone out of it, but it didn't snap everyone out of it in 1992 either. So I mean, but it, it's it's, it's it, like it's, it's like hitting like point, sound barrier. It's going to the point where most people have to at least. You can't deny, it's very difficult to deny um, that there's an issue going on. It's just, it's shifted from, you know, because uh, I remember when everybody was saying, you know, well, Black Lives Matter are terrorists, you know, 
is shifted from that to, oh yeah, I support Black Lives Matter. And, and it's more of a question of what that means now. Um, yeah. I mean, you're seeing these, like Menden had a Black Lives Matter march. I right. never thought I'd ever see that in, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But. It's true. It's true. I mean, the freaking NFL is already being like, yeah. Uh, right. right. We, really didn't, we really don't like Colin Kaepernick, but uh, maybe he had a point. Like, that's huge. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, uh, oh yeah, we've always been in support of this, even though you you clearly have not. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah. seriously, the the um, the culture shift has been so rapid um, and so immense on on this issue in particular um, that it, it's really it's changed the conversation overnight. Right. Um, I mean, you have Minneapolis talking about disbanding their police department. You have, you know, New York City councilors talking about taking a billion dollars out of the police budget. Um, you have Seattle, where protesters have taken over a section of the city and established a... To be fair, they didn't necessarily take it over. It was abandoned. Right, it was abandoned. It was abandoned. The police said they weren't going to use tear gas, and then they used tear gas. Um, right. And the protesters reclaimed it as a conflict-free space. Um, yeah. and Power to the people. What? Power to the people. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen, they, they've painted over the police precinct. It no longer says uh, Seattle Police. It says Seattle People's Department. Yeah, uh, there you go. You know. Hey, it's awesome. That's Look, awesome. I know people. I know someone. I know some of my friends aren't gonna like me saying that, but excuse my language. <laughs> I mean, I think literally America's um, kind of been going through this collective nightmare, and yeah. Black America, especially um, through COVID nineteen of and health proportions. Yeah. One time for the peel and the reaper man. It's the young black leader to the people, man. If your girl find nigga my eater, man. I'm talking middle of the mall like a Peter, man. A nigga sky high now like Jesus, man. And no law the reef so And then and then this happened. It was, it was kind of like the uh powder keg that set it all off. You know. Um I, I mean I was watching those live streams in, in Minneapolis the night they they burned down that police station. Yeah. I just, I just was like, wow, this, you know, I'm, I'm, really I'm watching history right now. Exactly. Uh, I'm watching a historical event live. Like I, I got that, that feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and. Pressure bust pipes. Yeah. You know? That's, that's what we it are, is. We are really, we are really squeezing the crap out of us, our, out of ourselves. And. It's like literally like we're about to either make a diamond or we're about to just explode. Well, and that's the thing, you know, I hate this, this conversation about the looting and the rioting. Mm -hmm. Not like it's, it's just almost a, a force of nature, right? When people, right. people are that upset when, um, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> um, yep. When a, a sports team loses, you know, you don't say, well, you know, I, I know the Red Sox lost, but 
you didn't have to go destroy downtown crossing. Like, like you know, you don't, <laughs> I empathize yeah. with it. It's, it's what happens. Um, yep. And, that, and that's the thing. We have to talk about the root causes. We have to talk about, you know, why this is happening. Um, why it is that, that George Floyd, like that Breonna Taylor, had their lives so tragically cut short when they didn't have to. Um, and again, it comes down to, it's all well and good to say, oh, okay, this happens. It's all well and good to go out there and march and have a nice protest in your small, very white community. Mm-hmm. But, but what needs to come next is, is policy changes. Right. Um, you know, you yeah. have to have some uncomfortable conversations with your local police department. See, that's one of the things that I think is very important to to emphasize moving forward. Um, one of the things that I was disappointed at, like I went to the Hopkinton um, uh, vigil, and they call it a vigil. They don't call it a protest. They don't call it anything else. They call it a vigil, which seems a little bit more docile. But aside from that, one of the things that I was, there was a lot of white people at that at that. Uh, um, event, which is fine. I'm so happy that people came out. I really am. I want them to come out. But I just wish, and maybe this is on me, maybe I should have stepped up and done more, um, even though I don't feel like I should be the arbiter of it. But if I, have, if I have the knowledge, I should be able to share it. And maybe I should have gone up there and I should have said, when you leave here today, do you know who you're voting for? Do you know who is actually going to help change this? Because if it's not going to be you, you better damn well know who it is that's representing you. And if they're not representing your beliefs, if you're standing here today at a Black Lives Matter vigil, at a George Floyd memorial, you damn well better figure out who it is that is also there and also believes inequality because if you don't nothing changes if you keep voting for the same people that don't do a damn thing for you nothing changes and this is going on a national scale on a on a on a statewide scale and on a town scale if you have three white conservative selectmen and they have no they don't have a care in the world about addressing any systemic uh, racism or xenophobia in the town. Right. Then maybe you should start thinking about who you can get to, to also run against them. Maybe right. don't put your support behind those people as much as you think you should, as much as you have before. So, and on a, on a larger scale, I mean, I'm not, I'm not absolving, I'm not just saying it's gotta be conservatives. I'm not absolving the Democrats on this. I, and you know what? I'll take it even a step further. Even there's black, there's black people who are who are elected officials, who are part of this whole system. I look at Jim Clyburn, part of the Congressional Black Caucus. Like that dude is one of those guys that wants the status quo, at all costs. And say, hey Jim, I don't give a shit about what you did in the past. If you're alive, if you're awake right now, which you are. And you're looking around and you're seeing what's going on in this country and you're saying, 
no, 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 we can't be defending the police in any cause. We got we to gotta keep things the way it is. And uh, uh, I make sure we vote for Biden. I'm going to put my support behind Biden. If you don't vote for Biden, then, like, if you're going to do all of that, I ain't got time for you. I don't care that you got a D in front of your name. I don't care that you're black. I don't care that you're part of the historical black caucus. I don't care what you think of me because you're not re representing me. You're not representing the people out there who have been marching the streets for months now because they can't, they, they feel like they're by themselves. And I'm including, I'm including those people who are saying, I don't want to wear a mask. Like, I don't agree with them, obviously. But they're, that what they're saying is, I don't feel like I have any protection. I feel like I am just a rugged individual who has to fend for myself. There is nobody out there who's going to protect me. That's what this entire country is saying right now. And when you defend the system that has created this moment, you're not on the side of the people. So when I look at those little white towns throwing these protests, it's nice that you showed up, but now what? Who are you supporting? Right. You need to turn it into action. Exactly. Uh, and, and again, it's, it's about really inquiring, like look at the line item budgets um, at your town meetings. Nope. I think it's time to ask questions, you know, what is this for? What are you using this for? What kind of training do you have? Do you have implicit bias training? What kind of, what are you doing to, uh, what are you doing to help with this, help make things better? You know, it's awesome you guys kneeled. It's awesome you guys showed up in, in you know, in solidarity. But, but, you know, this is a, uh, this is an issue that needs to change. Um, and, and what steps are you taking as a department to, to fix it? I mean, I'm looking at Milford specifically. And in Milford, they spent all this money on a SWAT team. They, might have, they made sure they got a SWAT team so in case something were to happen at a school or any facility, that they could have a response in less than like three minutes, five minutes, I think. And if you say to them, hey, what about body cams? Do you think that our, 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 uh, the police department could have body cams? Oh, man, that costs a lot of money. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? Now it costs money. Before, all I heard was, what if we didn't spend that money on that SWAT team? What happens if something happened and we didn't spend that money on that SWAT team? Man, that would be terrible. We can't afford that. We got to spend the money on that SWAT team. But we say, hey, we should have body cams to have accountability with the police. What happens if you have a situation like George Floyd? What happens if you have a situation like Breonna Taylor, Breonna Taylor or Atiana Jefferson, where a, a body cam might actually help to, to discern what actually happened? But when something like that is proposed, we already know that the person that they're looking at that, it's, that this would come into play with, would probably be a minority. So we're not going to do it. Probably someone from that, probably an immigrant in this, in this town. So we're not going to do it. It, it might be a selectman who might have been drunk driving. <laughs> but we, we cannot have a body cam uh, 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 there for that because we can't have accountability on that one. You see what I'm saying? So it's, who are you voting for? The people who say, oh, we have to spend the money on a SWAT team. 
because that's vitally important. Our kids are so important. But a police stop on one of those kids who happens to be a minority, maybe that doesn't warrant a police cam. Right. Um, and again, you know, in these towns, you have a legislative branch as well. You know, in Milford, mm -hmm. you have town meeting members. And everybody's a town meeting member. Um, again, this is the time that people should really question those line and budgets that pass without much um, discussion. Right. You know, um, looking at the Mendon's 2020 Finance Committee report. Let me pull this up. Holy I mean, it's 8% of the budget, which is the same percentage that Worcester spends. Um, you know, it's, it's quite high in comparison to, you know, the rest of the town's budget. Right. Unfortunately, the only thing it says here is expenses. <laughs> it doesn't go into much further detail than that, but mm. again, those are questions you ask at town meeting. You can right. any item, any item in the line item budget, you can say, what's this for? Because, you know, there's schools that are underfunded. There's, there's so many other things in government that need to be funded. Um, and that's, you know, when you say defund the police, it's not get rid of all their funding, right? Right. It's, it's, I really like the phrase demilitarize the police. Yeah, I like that too. I like the phrase demilitarize because for years since the Iraq war, we've been giving our surplus military technology to police departments all around the country. Right. I should local police departments have military grade drones. It really makes not much, doesn't really make much sense. Um, but and you, get, and you get these toys and you want to use them. Absolutely. And, and, and that's really, I, I think there's a lot of movement to change that. Keep talking to your congressmen or women, um, senators. Mm. Um, I mean, Massachusetts, I think they're all pretty on board with stopping that. Um, but it doesn't hurt to, to really turn them into champions on this. Um, again, we, we need to, we can't just keep accepting these um, bloated budgets for the police without question. Um, right. Especially when so many other things are going on. I mean, a horse is a horse, of course, but who rides is important. Sitting high with a uniform, barking orders, demanding order. And I'm scared that I talk too much about what I think's going on. I got away with this, they might drag me away for this. Like the federal government with the military, they already bloat the, the, the Pentagon with a lot of money, right? Like they have, they get whatever they ask for, they get. No matter how much money they throw away, no matter how much they're never going to use some of these jets that they play, pay for, which cost a million dollars each. Or in some cases, I think the F-35, I forget how much money each one of those things costs. And we have like 300 of them. It's ridiculous. And to have that bleed down to the state and, and towns is, is really a big waste of money. And it just tells, tells you where your priorities are at. Like, what is your, what's your goal? Where, where are our fiscal conservatives now? Um, 
where are the fiscal conservatives that are concerned with uh, government spending? Uh, yeah, the, the other thing is, you know, there's this idea, I've heard people saying, oh, well, you know, this is going to hurt the Democrats if you keep going with the, this. Um, no, it isn't. <laughs> um, there's not a single person out there that believes that Joe Biden's tied to this completely, you know? It's not a single right. person out there that, that thinks that Joe Biden's one of the radicals in the streets saying abolish the police. Right. Um, and, and again, even if, even if, like, I don't want to say even if he was if saying abolish the police, but the case can be made. You just have to make it. And I think the Democrats are doing a really piss poor job of making any case. Yeah. So you let, you let the Republicans make the narrative and you're going to lose every time. So like at least stand for something like for the love of God, stand for something. If you can stand for anything, just stand for morality. Like, and I know they're going to twist it. They always, they'll twist it no matter what it is. They twist it. We know that. So I, I, I don't understand this whole, yeah, but what are the Republicans going to say? They're going to lie. They're going to lie. And then they're going to tell their minions to lie for them. And then there are people like, that I know are going to go and regurgitate that crap. And we're all going to say, man, man, they're so crazy. But they're winning the argument because they make it. Make the yeah. argument, Democrats. Make the argument. Yeah, they, they, they make the argument about what the Democrats are, are doing. Right. Um, say, hey, well, this is what the Democrats believe. And then they say, whoa, 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 that's not what they, we believe. Rather than right. saying, actually, this is what we believe. Right, right. Um, and that's the thing. But I think, I think look, I, I don't, I think Joe Biden's kind of implicit strength through all of this and weakness is no one, no one, there's nobody that believes he wants to defund the police. Nobody believes that. Right. He's vehemently denied it. I believe him. Right. Um, he wants to spend more money on training, which, you know, absolutely, right? But again, it, it, there, there's studies out there that show that's not the last, uh, that's not the end all be all, right? Right. And look, like while Trump is up there uh, talking about gassing protesters and gassing protesters to get, to get a photo op, Biden's sitting in a black church listening to people talk about how he needs to be better. So, you know, I do think he's, he's listening. That's a good point. I, I do think he's listening. I do think he's, you know, I think he's open, whereas is Trump is actually an enemy to democracy and decency. Right. I think Joe Biden's a awkward individual that can be better. Uh, <laughs> I think that's, that's the main difference between the two of them. No, uh, they're not, not coming from the same club. This is not two sides of the same coin. Right. It's, they're it's not well at all. It's a, uh, it's someone who is a poor ally and someone who is an enemy. That's, that's the way I look at it. Man, that's a crappy situation right there, but I guess I'll, I'll have to take it. That's, that's, that's the way I look at it, you know? Um, again, in the one thing I do worry about, you know, through all of this is 
Trump turn turning into Trump turning it into like a Reichstag fire. Yeah. Um, and making this into a moment to consolidate more power. Yeah, I mean, if you hear Trump talking about COVID nineteen um, and suddenly believing the science behind behind it, then I I would be worried. That's that's what I would I would be worried if suddenly he um, he he talks about the science of COVID nineteen like he believes in it. You know, uh, suddenly it's oh well. Uh, we need to keep everybody inside and, you know, you can't go out and vote, but mail-in ballots aren't a thing, you know. Um, that's what I'd be worried about. I do worry the one way he could win at this point is through a um, massive voter suppression, which the Republicans are capable of. Yep, absolutely. Um, I don't think at this point, I don't think he could win a clean race. I really don't. And you know what? If you had said that, maybe two months ago, I would have said, I think he can find a way to make sure he wins. Uh, and legitimately, too. But, I think at this point, yeah, no, he can't win unless he cheats. <laughs> like, and, and I think these Republicans, not just Trump, not just his or not just his organization, but I think Republicans in general, they have no problem with cheating to win. They, have, they won't feel any guilt if they know that they, they suppress the vote, as long as they win. That's the only thing that matters to me. back to the actual topic again you know um so yeah how how do where do we go from here you know where does this movement keep going on throughout the summer throughout next year um does it peter does it die down i think it's a big question a lot of people are asking because i think a lot of people are scared yeah like, like, when does this end? Is this gonna actually get to my town? Because I really don't. I really can't afford to have to plant more flowers. I don't need people stopping on them. Like, I, I think people are legit asking that because they just want to feel some sort of comfortability again. And for me, the only way this actually stops is if one. You get like, man, you know what? I take it back. I don't know how you stop it. Just to be honest with you, I don't know how you stop it. Because it would have to be literally like actual policy and policy coming from all, all aspects. It's got to come from, including the executive branch. And I don't think that's going to happen. So I don't know what could happen between now and November that would make this calm down outside of boredom outside of, yeah, we did this. We're going to do another, another one again tomorrow. Like if, if, if the unemployment numbers start dropping 
to like 30 million and 20 million and 10 million, people actually go out, all go back to work, then, then that's the way that you could get it to stop because people are like, Hey, I gotta go to work. I can't, I can't, I can't afford to be uh, in jail for a whole weekend and have to get bailed out for Monday. I gotta be in the office. Like, I'm sure there's that aspect of it, but as far as like what's going to make people not as angry, I don't know. Outside of outside of everybody, everybody who is any had anything to do with George Floyd's death, anybody who had anything to do with uh, Atiana Jefferson or Breonna Taylor's death, if they all got charged, then maybe you'll see something change. But until then, I don't see it because honestly, I know there's a lot of black people who are holding their breath saying, watch this dude Derek Chauvin get off. And when that happens, we're right back to square one. If he, get, if he beats this case that's coming for him, because guess what? I don't know if you saw that video of, the, uh, of uh, I think, a year or two ago where an uh, autistic man was sitting on, on the ground and his caretaker was right next to him. And he was ha- the, the autistic uh, uh, kid was having an episode and the police were called. The, his caretaker, when the police showed up and the police were telling, yelling at him, yelling at the autistic kid and him to put your hands up, the autistic kid couldn't do it because he just wasn't capable. Right. And, he, and so the caretaker literally was yelling at the cops while he was laying on his back with his hands up saying, please don't shoot. This man cannot respond. And you know what the cops did? They shot the caretaker. And what happened just a couple days ago? They acquitted them. The cops got off. And I know that most people don't know that story. They don't know the, they don't remember the beginning of that story. And they definitely don't know the end of it. But I guarantee you, if this happens with George uh, Floyd, they're going to remember with the, if this cop gets off. So accountability is the only way that this stops. So I'm sorry, people. I know people are scared. People don't want it to come to their house. But the violence is coming to my house. Right. It's coming. Right. There's nothing I can, there's nothing I can do as a black man to stop it from coming to my house. I can't do anything. If it happens, it happens. I just have to be lucky enough to get away with it and not get caught, to not get caught up in this, this depraved system that says your my life is worth less than a dog. And on that note, I think uh, I think that's that's where we're at as a society. Uh, I, I did a lot of talking tonight, and uh, <laughs> that's fine. And I don't, and I don't think there's gonna be that many edits on this one. <laughs> I don't, yeah, we, uh, I think that was good. All right, we'll have a great night, everybody. And thanks for uh, for listening, everyone. And Tom, thanks, thanks for letting me uh, get this out because yeah, this is this is some of my therapy. Yeah, absolutely.
time.